This is the 165th episode of 100. And here, uh, what are we going to be talking about? Well, uh, I've got a, a little bit on uh, bond portfolio management strategies, right? So, uh, what are that? Well, uh, this podcast so will cover two different uh, bond portfolio management strategies, right? So, you have passive management and active management. Uh, not all passive strategies are created equal, though. Uh, more specifically, there are two passive strategies relevant here. Uh, the first is a buy and hold strategy, where the manager, the manager selects a portfolio of bonds based on the objectives and constraints of the client with the intent of holding the bonds to maturity. Here, the manager pays attention to credit ratings, ra- credit ratings coupon rates, uh, term to maturity, and indenture provisions. Uh, many bond investors employed by financial institutions follow a modified buy and hold strategy, where an investment is made uh, in an issue with the intent of holding the instrument until the end of the investment horizon. These investors, however, still actively look for opportunities to trade into a more desirable position. Uh, So what's our second passive strategy? Uh, That's indexing, right? So the goal here is to construct a portfolio that uh, matches uh, the risk-return performance of a bond market index. The manager's effort to mimic the index can be measured with a tracking error metric that uh, quantifies the discrepancy between the portfolio's performance and the index's performance. By way of contrast, uh, active management strategies come in five different variations, or at least five variations that are relevant here. So you have your interest rate anticipation, you have valuation analysis, you have credit analysis, and you have bond swamps, right? Uh, So uh, that's, that's actually four, right? One, two, three, four. So four different valuations or four different variations. Uh, So uh, interest rate anticipation is arguably uh, the riskiest uh, active management strategy uh, because it involves a reliance on uncertain forecasts of future interest rates. Uh, The theory here is that to preserve capital uh, when an interest rate, uh, the theory here is to preserve capital uh, when an interest, an increase in uh, interest rates is anticipated and achieve capital gains when rates are expected to decline. These objectives are reached by altering the maturity structure or your duration of the bond portfolio by reducing duration when rates are expected to increase and increasing your duration uh, when a decline in yields is anticipated. The downside, however, is that when maturities are shortened uh, to preserve capital, uh, substantial income could be sacrificed if interest rates decline uh, and vice versa. One way to shorten maturities is to use a cushion bond, right? So this is a uh, high-yielding, long uh, term obligation that carries a coupon that is substantially above the current market rate and that due to its current call feature and call price has a market price lower than what uh, would be given current market yields. Uh, bond portfolio managers look for cushion bonds when they expect a modest increase uh, in rates because the issues provide attractive current income and protection against capital loss. Because these bonds are trading at an abnormally high yield, market rates would have to rise to that abnormal level before their price would react. If a a portfolio manager anticipates high interest rates, she or he has two strategies that are available. Uh, The manager can either shorten the duration of the portfolio uh, or look for an attractive cushion bond. A different posture is assumed, though, uh, by investors who anticipate a decline in interest rates. Uh, The significant risk involved uh, in restricting a portfolio to take advantage of a decline in interest rates here is balanced by the potential for substantial capital gains and holding period returns. If a manager expects uh, that rates are declining, she or he should increase the duration of the portfolio because the longer the duration, the greater the positive price volatility. The second active strategy here is valuation analysis. With valuation analysis, uh, a manager attempts to select bonds based on their intrinsic value, which in turn is based on their characteristics, of course. 
uh, as was the case with fundamental analysis and equity instruments. Success here is predicated on an understanding of the characteristics that are important in valuation. Uh, so uh, third uh, technique, that's credit analysis. Uh, this strategy involves detailed analysis of the bond issuer to determine expected changes uh, in default risk. Uh, the goal here is to attempt to project uh, credit rating changes assigned to bonds by the three uh, uh, rating agencies I mentioned earlier in this podcast, or, you know, a podcast that came earlier, not this exact podcast. Uh, the ratings are affected by uh, internal changes in the firm and changes in the internal environment. Uh, historically speaking, uh, there has been a strong cyclical pattern to uh, rating changes, even as firms can experience uh, challenges uh, meeting uh, their financial obligations during an economic downturn, uh, while uh, on the other side, uh, average firms uh, can survive and prosper uh, during uh, economic expansion. Uh, to use uh, credit analysis as a portfolio uh, management strategy, uh, it is necessary to project rating changes before their announcement uh, by the agency that's relevant, right? Uh, so uh, this strategy is particularly common for managers in charge of portfolios that are composed primarily of high-yield debt, uh, think junk bonds. Uh, the credit analysis of uh, high-yield bonds uh, can use a statistical model that recognizes some of the unique characteristics of these instruments, right? Uh, because most social science, natural science, math, and engineering uh, listeners have already taken intro stats, um, I'm going to be using uh, a Z-score model, right, uh, that uh, combines uh, traditional financial measures uh, with a multivariate technique uh, that derives a set of weights uh, for the specified variables, right? Uh, so we would say that our overall credit score uh, could be represented mathematically with the equation A subscript 0 uh, plus uh, A subscript 1, uh, X subscript 1, plus uh, A uh, subscript 2, uh, X subscript 2, uh, plus uh, A subscript 3, X subscript 3 would give you the overall credit score. And of course, I stop at the third term, but you know you could go on and on and on, right? Uh, here, uh, uh, the variables uh, signify uh, the uh, weighing or coefficient, or at least A signifies that, right? And the X variable uh, represents the relevant ratio and market measures. Uh, luckily for listeners, uh, Edward Altman and uh, Scott uh, Namacher uh, have already found, or, or have already, you know, uh, well, they suggested, but um, they've already uh, attempted to prove that ratios uh, such as uh, perm profitability uh, here I'm talking about earnings for interest and taxes divided by interest charges, uh, profit uh, stability, uh, debt service uh, capabilities, uh, cumulative profitability, liquidity, uh, capitalization levels, and firm size uh, that ought to be included in this equation. Uh, uh, th uh, at least those uh, metrics ought to be included in the equation, despite the fact uh, that the decision is uh, left to investor discretion. So um, th th that was a tad bit muddled. What, what am I trying to get at here? Well, in the equation that I gave you, uh, with the uh, variables A and uh, X, you want to include uh, those variables uh, that uh, Altman and uh, uh, Natchmer have already specified, right? At the very least, right? You could include more. Uh, the final active management strategy uh, that I'm going to discuss here are bond swamps, right? So here, a manager will liquidate a current position and purchase a different issue in its place with similar attributes but improved return chances. Uh, swamps can be executed to increase current yield, increase yield to maturity, uh, and uh, improve uh, federal income tax treatment of the portfolio. Uh, most swamps involve uh, several different types of risk. Uh, uh, what, an example here would be um, of uh, one uh, risk factor would be uh, that the market will move against uh, the manager uh, while the swamp is outstanding. Uh, interest rates can also move up or down uh, over the holding period and cause the manager to include incur a loss. In the alternative, uh, yield spreads uh, can fail uh, to respond uh, as uh, the manager anticipated, right? So that's yet a third uh, risk uh, that must be accounted for. And that concludes this 165th episode. 
of 100. Uh, portfolio management, not of course, showing at the possibility of yet more bonus sessions.